The only we're not actually going to WrestleMania, right? I mean, here's the thing. If Blake had been to a WrestleMania, I would say no, we're definitely not going to fucking WrestleMania. But I feel like the well, he's right here. He can hear us. But I feel like the boy needs to experience one. No. <laughs> As somebody who experienced one, you don't need it. He, he got double or nothing. That's better. He got that instead. It really was. Did, yeah. Yeah. As somebody who attended both, it really was. And I had to watch Chris Jericho beat my favorite wrestler, and it still was. <laughs> Welcome to Fight Boys. It's the weekly late night show about professional and not so professional wrestling. I'm pissed I'm still up this late, the Dylan. Sorry that I'm late, the Blake. And I have to go meet Google in the morning, and I'm gonna be really exhausted. Scotty Moore! You remember last week? Guys, that glorious week where we were just so overjoyed with everything great in wrestling? And now this week, it's just kind of like back to normal news. <laughs> it's for you. For you, asshole. Oh, <laughs> that's right. Um, Blake, would you like to take... Well, you already have taken a seat. Would you like to take a seat as Dylan leads us through New Japan America edition? <laughs> oh, I want to hear all about this because I've only gotten like the basics. Yeah. Welcome to New Japan Freedom Edition. <laughs> based out of... Based out of L.A. running, I believe, 18 shows in four different sections of America. West Coast, Northeast, down south where we are, including Florida. You bet your sweet ass I'll be there. And then the Midwest, because I guess you have to hit up Chicago. Um, mm -hmm. Basically, it, it feels like they waited until NXT was like, here's our thing. And then they were like, okay, strategy. Okay, no, this is us. Also... Do, do you hear that in the distance? It's the death knell of Ring of Honor. It's, ah, oh, it's, it's gone. It's over. Kiss it goodbye. It it's been dead for a while now. It's just trying to, like, they're trying to Frankenstein's monster it. Yeah. It, impact has lasted longer than ROH. I feel like that's going to be the real story. And, like, if you had told me that a year ago... Amazing. It's just, I look at ROH cards every once in a while and see what matches they have lined up, and then I'll see shit like Silas Young and Vinny Marsalia teaming up to take on the, the whatever, the what's the Beer City Bruisers now? Like, the, that team, whatever that is. I'm like, okay, for some reason, Silas and Vinny are teaming up, but not really. And then earlier today, I saw a promo where Matt Taven was very earnestly addressing the audience. Like, hey guys, I just want to let you guys know there's been a lot of, a lot of wondering where am I gonna go? What am I gonna be like? I'm gonna stay with ROH because I think we're great. And I'm like, that's good, but you're fucking Matt Taven. You don't come out and do that. What you do is come out and say, when I first saw ROH, I thought it was the most innovative and ama amazing pro wrestling in the world, and now it's not. So I'm here to save your dumbass company. Uh. So anyway. And so anyway, that's uh, starting. There's a brand new expansion. People are like on the fence about it. There are people like me that are hopefully optimistic, 
that they can take like the young lion system of Japan, instill it in America, and like use that way to make good new people instead of the crappy NXT way, which is we're gonna make everybody the same wrestler and do the same movesets. Whereas New Japan's like, hey, listen, uh, you start off with like the same like create a wrestler starter set move. But then slowly as you get closer to the end of, and graduating, you get to put your own moves in. And then we send you to another fucking country. And then when you come back, you're a real person. <laughs> and, like, I really appreciate that because there's that middle step where you don't see the motherfucker for, like, two years. And they come back. And it's and it's like somebody who, like, graduated high school and then came back from college, and, like, they were uptight, and then they became a hippie. You're just like, what the fuck? <laughs> because they all leave with, like, m- like military haircuts and, like, wearing, like, shooter clothes and will come back with, like, frickin' MC Hammer pants and, like, a <laughs> turban. <laughs> and you're like, holy shit, this man's reinvented himself. Yeah. And I just want the American version of that. Because Shibata's running that shit, so you know they'll have their fucking basics down, or else he will beat the crap out of him with that kendo stick he carries, like, a living threat so have they announced like who's gonna be the roster that's known super like superstars known new japan wrestlers or or are they just kind of leaving it up in the air right now it's just an announcement of the the american it's an announcement of cities they haven't released cards yet because they're i'm pretty sure they're trying to like figure out like the the in between between their stuff and our stuff and i'm pretty sure they're also waiting for roh contracts to run out so they can just grab like half of that roster yeah Mm-hmm. Who who do you want to see leave ROH most right now? Uh Marty Skrull. Um I will take Marty is Marty's always gonna be my number one. My I've got two tied in second place. One is PCO. Although PCO seems nah. to be doing well for himself in specifically ROH. And also Dalton Castle to just go the Joey Ryan fucking Voyager, like, go into different states and just fucking off and doing weird shit again. Yeah, Dalton Castle is going to be mine because I like when he just goes balls to the wall. Oh, yeah. So here's the, here's the thing. Um, unlike Joey Ryan, uh, Dalton Castle's gimmick would totally work on basic cable. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and like, there's nobody else I've wanted on like like I've I've wanted on AEW like more as like something something that could add to the appeal of the product because Marty can add to like the storyline and like the in ring aspect, but like and like you know when he does his big costumes, it's visually interesting. Dalton Castle is an experience. <laughs> like if you are in the same building when Dalton Castle comes out, you are aware. There's a change in like the tone of the room, and you're just like, "Oh shit! All right, mm-hmm. all right." Th- like, like that's that's it. I also want Brody King to go to. I, I want him to go to New Japan because, like, I just really, you know, giant. There, there's no g- giant like foreigner except Fale, and like he's middling. And I just, I just mm-hmm. really need like a big guy. Like, there's there's Lance Archer, big, but like Brody King is like, damn fucking brit shit brick shit house big and like we i need that i need that in the in the in the g1 i need him to pull his weird out of nowhere lucha bullshit and just for <laughs> the japanese audiences to be like what just happened yeah what what was that did you see that was that real yeah i, I still really want to go and watch the uh, apparently dalton had a match with rj city 
which I didn't know RJ City was an actual wrestler. I just assumed that he was just a guy on Twitter who people thought wrestled but never really showed evidence of him wrestling. But yeah, the beginning of the match has them doing like the basic right before they lock up the two bulls staring at each other thing. And then they slowly get lower and lower and lower until they're just posing on the mat, staring at each other. And I went, "Oh fuck! This is this is everything I need on the indies." Oh. Yeah, I like a, RJ tweeted something earlier today, and it was somebody who just said, "I am not sure RJ City actually exists." And he goes, <laughs> "He goes, promoters book me. I'm a major draw because people are just gonna come to see if I'm actually real." He's not wrong. Yeah. What? Um, going back, what has WWE done in regards to uh, NXT Japan? Because. All I've heard right now is that they tried to do something and they didn't get it. I believe they didn't. They try to purchase Noah and it just fucking backfired on them. That that yeah, that failed. I believe they tried to purchase Big Japan, but like, there's no confirmation on that. Yeah. Um. I've 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 heard that like there's some people they've supposedly supposedly signed. I think like Daisuke Sekimono and like one of the major like and like a major women's figure. And there's a lot of speculation that that's where Suzuki's going when he leaves uh, New Japan. You know, get that sweet, sweet WWE money to just train people. Yeah. Um, but, like, yeah, they don't have a home base. And I and they don't realize, despite the fact that, like, they have all this Japanese talent. Like, and Meltzer and, and Brian Alvarez have commented on this, I believe, that, like, the WWE thing of, like, we're just going to show up. We're going to start throwing money around, and we're going to buy all the great, like, independent talent, and we're going to fucking lock this shit down. We're, we're going to tempt people from other things. And they don't realize that's not how the fuck Japan works. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, that's what I was about to say. Like, when they when they did NXT UK and effectively fucked the UK independent wrestling scene... The UK did not have a fucking New Japan there. They did not have a a, a Godzilla <laughs> literally yeah. looming over them, waiting to kick them in the dick as soon as they show up. And I feel like that's what's going to happen in Japan. Right, was- it's like WWE was Mothra or some shit. <laughs> they tried to step up on Tokyo, and good old GZ was down there ready to put them down. <laughs> Because it doesn't matter, like, what happens. Like, there's this one old, old Godzilla movie where, at the end, you've got these two characters. Like, Godzilla defeats this other monster that has been threatening Japan. And he immediately goes back to destroying Tokyo. And you've got this, like, little child going up and saying, Why does Godzilla destroy? (laughs) And he says, I don't know, son. But he's our monster. (laughs) The thing, the thing about the 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 UK scene is that it was just a bunch of independents. Yeah, like there was no real established thing. Like New Japan and All Japan, All Japan is fucking forty years old. New Japan is like thirty years old. Noah is over at like I believe fifteen at least. Yeah, like there are established companies. Big Japan is like there's all these established like Joshi and like male promotions. It's like if you tried to come into America and be like, I'm going to take over this or that. No. No, you're fucking not. No, you know. Like, there are people that have, like, these companies are household names in that. And, like, the people in Japan that are WWE fans, they don't want to see 
indie people put on like a WWE show. They want to see the foreigner wrestling. That's all they care about. Yeah. Like it doesn't like that's their draw. Is that oh look at these foreigner wrestlers like coming in wrestling here instead of me watching Japanese wrestlers. They're not gonna be like, oh here's these up and coming. No. There are other indies for that. There are companies that have been household names for decades for that. Like there's no they're gonna get no market penetration. I hope they fail actually. Yeah. So they can lose money. So then maybe they close NXT UK and the UK gets another shot. I don't care about NXT here. That looks like it's doing all right. What's it hurting? Like Orlando traffic? No one would. Even, no one even fucking notices. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm I'm pretty good with where NXT America is right now. So yeah, that's probably fine. I I'm wish waiting, it would just kind of stay. I'm waiting for it to shit the bed. <laughs> <laughs> like like it's on because it, it like I, like I said weeks ago it was never set up. To be a live show. It was always set up to be a tape show. Small stage, small crowd, you get a lot of different matches, you can like set breathers, like, and people paid for that. Now it's just like, hey, you want to come here and watch like an hour and a half of stuff where before you used to get like three to four hours of matches? And like, there's only so much time before people are going to get disgruntled. Like, the full sale crowd is already entitled. You're, you're just tempting fate at this point. Like, they're going to be bringing, I, I don't want to get into what my heel of the week is going to be, but they're going to be bringing every bad chant. Yes. Uh, yeah, they're going to, well, they're going to bring that, they, they're, they like, putting all the cruiserweights, because the cruiserweight championship is now an NXT championship, and they're taking all the, the 205 and less NXT people and putting them on 205 Live, so that's going to increase their travel schedule. Like, And that's going to suck for them. It's a, it's a logistic. They're in a point where it's a logistic nightmare. Yeah. How do you feel about? Apparently, they were reporting that they're gonna just start putting main roster dudes on the show just to try to do something because AEW's ratings have dropped, but so have NXT's. AEW's still winning the so, the Wednesday Night Wars, so called. But like, apparently, in order to try to get an edge, they're like. Let's just have Seth Rollins come out and main event NXT. Like, that's gonna get real weird. And I don't think the crowd response will be what you think it will be. I think it's weird that that's what they're... I mean, that's WWE's... uh, That's their tactic in a nutshell, though. Like, they just go to the next big person up to bring them in when they want to pop ratings. Like, they did that as soon as uh, when SmackDown moved to SmackDown. To Smocks. To, sm- to Smocks, baby. John Smoxley. Yeah, when SmackDown moved to Fox, of course, their first show, they brought in all the big names. They had The Rock come back. That's all you need to get a ton of ratings. Yeah. And to do that, you're just doing it for diminishing returns if you do it for a current, like, main card wrestler who's on Raw or SmackDown and bring them to NXT. Yeah. And speaking of Fox, do you remember watching, like, the death of WCW or reading about, like, the books? And they're like, at one point, WCW was, and, like, the person in charge of WCW was the former owner of a Pizza Hut franchise, (laughs) and now he suddenly owns WCW? That's how I feel with Fox. That's how I feel with Fox and them just being like, uh, it's wrestling, people love it, but... Don't have that Firefly Funhouse bullshit. Oh, and also, don't have the. I, I don't know if this is your heel of the week yet, but, but fuck, fuck the what chance. Don't do that anymore either. It's just Fox being like, we don't get it, 
we think we get it, but we don't. No, and there's a... It, it's almost like... I, and I don't know if they wanted to do this, uh, like, if they intended to do this, but, like, it, Bischoff has already been the fall guy for, it, for SmackDown not doing as well on Fox, and that's why he's gone. Yeah. And it's but, still just Vince running the show. Here, here's the thing. Um, so they got rid of the fall guy. They're officially out of fall guys. They only <laughs> set up one level. And we have a lot of terrible to go through still. The uh, It's Pritchard now, right? Yeah, it's Pritchard. Yeah, it's Bruce Pritchard. Whatever. Who, who Pritchard's cares? done some good creative work in the past. But I don't know if under Vince he will. But I... No one can. Until Vince leaves, nothing matters. <laughs> Is he's always going to be rewriting the show like right before? Yeah, yeah or... there's not like let, literally look at the last look at since John Cena took over until now. Yeah, and that is all the evidence you need that nothing's going to get better. Well, speaking of that, even things where you think it's going to get better, somehow WWE still fucks the horse on that one. I mean, if you would, look- I really don't think that's how that saying goes, <laughs> but. <laughs> but uh, just gonna throw that out there. If a few months ago you looked at me and said, "Hey, Bailey's gonna turn heel, cut her hair, destroy the wacky waving inflatable arm tube man with this giant razor blade poker," and I would have been like, "Oh, I'm on board. It's gonna be amazing." And then next week she's just gonna shit the bed in a promo on Miz TV, and you're gonna immediately stop caring. <laughs> I don't. I want. Ba- I want Bailey and Sasha to almost have a Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman situation where you have Sasha who is a more charismatic individual and then Bailey who her character right now is an angry little gnome who just assaults whoever comes in the ring with her just let her be that and let Sasha do the talking so here's the thing i think that's exactly what needs to be done because it, and the truth is Bailey's never been a strong promo yeah well not only that even the way she cut the promo, it made it all seem like this was Sasha's idea. This was all yeah. Sasha's doing. Sasha's the reason she turned heel. Sasha's the reason that she changed. And so at that point, lean into that and let Sasha be the one in control of everything. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure that was very obvious if you looked at like body language and everything else in that promo. So give it one more week. Okay. <laughs> Okay, give it this week. We'll talk about it again next week. How does that sound, It's buddy? just, yeah. And I don't know if it's because of the way WWE does their scripted promos, because it feels like, hey, if you see somebody who I've seen done good or great promos on their own, and then they come in and for some reason their WWE promos just kind of suck, there's kind of a reason for that. Seth freaking Rollins. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's even like when Seth was a heel, everything was more natural. Don't know if it was all scripted for him or not, but it was so much better than now when he stares at the camera and says he's going to burn it up. Uh, down. Oh, fuck. Ah, oh, shit. Damn. Oh, shit. Fuck, fuck, dude. I messed up. Shit. Vince, take it from the top. We're live, pal. Ah, oh, fuck. Damn it. So, uh, so speaking of dicks, uh, <laughs> I I watched a lot of clips of uh, of Impact Wrestling's Bound for Glory, which is a, the, the the all the finishes were apparently fucked. 
but it did remind me that I love Don Callis and how much I've missed Don Callis because <laughs> he adds a level of legitimacy to whatever whatever he's commenting on. Uh, case in point, in the main event, uh, Sammy Callahan at one point grabs Brian Cage by the dick and balls. Full on, no, yeah. nothing, nothing else could ever be said about it. Yeah. Don Callis, the genius that he is, goes, groin claw! He's got a groin claw! <laughs> That's... No one has ever said those words before. No one will ever say those words again. Like, even JR would have been like, oh, he's got him by the family. No. No. Don Callis calls it like it's a legitimate wrestling move, and that's why he's one of the best in the business. <laughs> it's the grindable claw! Yeah. Oh, by the way, that, that reminds me. I finally got around to watching the Osprey um, El Fantasmo match, and that has another one of my favorite little blows, which was uh, El Fantasmo was about to hit Osprey with the junior belt, but he gets, like, you know, put back, and he's on a knee. And he tosses the belt to Osprey, who catches it, and then bam, straight dick punch. <laughs> nice. and I, and I was watching that, and I was like, "That was a good, that was a solid, that was a solid move. That was a good spot." Welcome I to can't. Dylan's dick punch corner, ladies and gentlemen. He's the only, he's the master of dick foo. He it knows. was two in a week. It's a, it's a trend. That and Canadian destroyers are so hot right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you see an AEW match without a Canadian destroyer, you let me know. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, so by the way, AEW Dark was awesome this week. Oh shit! What, what, what was the main? What was the main event for it? Uh, the Rhodes Brothers and the Young Bucks against Private Party and the Stronghearts. Oh shit! Oh damn! Okay. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There was a there was a four way shattered dreams in that match. It was amazing. I've only seen one clip of it, and it's just <laughs> doesn't doing that fucking crisp ass power slam. Just he's scooping those motherfuckers yeah. up. And then he had to stop one. It's just like, hold on. I gotta take a breath. <sighs> I'm old. Okay. Did you say it's another? <laughs> Pow! Yeah. <laughs> it was great. It was great. There was so much comedy in it. Cody kept getting, like, hit. And then just taking a breather to the outside. Like, just immediately. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I th- for the second time, they didn't comment on it. He went over the guardrail, and I sat in the crowd. <laughs> like the camera just kind of caught it in the background, but I was just like, "He's he's on the other side of that guardrail." Okay, yeah, okay. That's what, yeah, that's what I I love that it's like the dark match feel, like the house show feel. Mm-hmm. Also, Cody came out of the fucking chandelier thing again. He got like Rey Mysterio raised up. Yeah, there was like this ominous, like like orchestra almost music. It gets raised up, and you see him and Brandy, and then it play it plays a plays a song while literally fireworks and like flames happen only for his entrance. No one else gets that. The Young Bucks get the Bucks cannons, which is like you know all their all their money in the thing. But like Cody is the only person I've seen who consistently has pyro and consistently gets these other entrances. And I really hope it turns into a heel gimmick about how he's spending way more money on his own entrances <laughs> because that's what's happening. Yeah. Oh, also, also, Private Party had uh, like like so the Stronghearts came out first. There was a velvet rope at the top of the entrance ramp and a security guy there. And the Stronghearts were like, "What the fuck's happening?" 
And then Private Party comes out, and the, the Stronghearts are like, hey, man, yeah, we're on the team. And the, and the Private Party looks at the guy and it's like, yeah, they're with us. They can they can go in. And the guy opens the velvet rope. And I was <laughs> like, oh, my God. They're leaning so hard into this. It's amazing. Everything about that whole that whole dark show yeah. was was great. My favorite thing in AEW as of right now is Chris Jericho's unrequited love for Sammy Guevara. <laughs> it just, every fucking promo that he has to talk about all of the inner circle, he's like, yeah, they're fucking pit bulls, they're really good. Uh, Jake Hager, he's he's an animal, man, he's really great. Fucking Sammy Guevara is a sex god from Spain, and you all need to bow and worship at his feet. I think it's because he recognizes that Sammy has, like, it as far as being, like, he was, like, just obnoxious and, like, has the has the skill set to back it up. Because Sammy Guevara has a naturally punchable face. So, like, yes. from the moment I saw him, I was like, if you tell me that man's a baby face, I'm going to call you a liar. <laughs> no way. Mm-hmm. No way. And, like, <laughs> so... Jericho's just been building up because he's the it's every every like stable has it. There's always the tag team, the enforcer, the veteran, and then the young guy that's getting the rub. Happened happened with the uh, with the Dangerous Alliance. Happened with Evolution. Always happens. And like Sammy Guevara is their like young upstart for that group. He's the Adam Page of the Inner Circle. Yeah, exactly. Um. Oh, damn it, I had something to say, and I've already forgotten it, because whatever. Yeah, I was just reading a fun um, headline about how uh, Shaquille O'Neal is uh, backing the pro-democracy Hong Kong protest, so I kind of lost interest in the last one, because I love Shaq. So patreon.com slash BS. that's the website where you can support these good old fight boys, and who knows, you may become a character on JXT Professional Wrestling, you get shouted out on the show of your choice every single week like that, motherfucker Gazi, and you get access to the exclusive show, you paid for this, where Blake mm-hmm. and I watch terrible uh, movies and comment, oh, do you have something to say? Just in regards to Gazi, um... You won't know what this means for a couple more weeks now, but you're welcome. (laughs) I know exactly what Blake means, and holy fuck, I do apologize to everybody for the next JXT pay-per-view. Anyways, you paid for this. It's the show where Blake and I watch terrible movies and commentate over them. We just did Goosebumps 2. Fuck, I still need to upload it. Alexa, remind me in 20 minutes to upload Goosebumps 2. I'm really bad at I'm really bad at doing stuff for the Patreon guys. <laughs> so it's all right if more people support us or help us along or just come and say hi, then it'll light a fire under Scotty's ass. Light the fire at Patreon.com/slash a load of BS. So now, boys, who are we? Uh, who are we gonna fuck with this week? Who are we gonna fuck with on Twitter? Fuck with Sam Guevara. Hey, at Sammy Guevara, you Spanish sex god. Oh, by the way, Sammy Guevara's fucking panda shit is in WWE 2K20. It is the one saving grace that game had today as I was playing it. I was going through the character creator and went, that's a fucking panda head. Okay, cool. Because apparently the guy they had who was really behind all of like the indie guys moves and all of the indie entrances getting in the game he left so a lot of that's gonna start disappearing but at least we got that fucking head 
Oh, you should actually know. You should tweet at 2K and ask them why they made such a fucking horrible game with such nightmare graphics that is literally overshadowed by like SmackDown versus Raw 2007. Um, it's, if we, well, I can get into it now or we can wait for a little later if you um, want. Well, I mean, I have not, what would, what are you wanting to do, Blake? No, it's just that the, um, so originally, uh, WWE, uh, was developed by Ukes. Um, yeah, it was Ukes and 2K and then Ukes left this year. Exactly. This is the first year that 2K has done it wholesale all on their own. And they basically had to remake the game from scratch, which is a bad idea. It's a real bad idea, and that's how this picture of Ric Flair that I'm about to share with WWE Games got all kinds of fucked up. He looks like human roast beef, and more so than I mean, Rick- that's not that's that's not too far off from the real thing. <laughs> yep. Uh, so yeah, the reason that 2K sucks for the most part is because Ukes left, yeah. and because. There was, uh, even the two, like, it, during a press conference earlier this year or late last year, like, they were saying there might not be a 2K game next year until we get our shit straight, and then they had to do one anyway. Yeah, no, I could believe that. I could 100% believe that. And so, for right now, let's get into our heels and faces of the week, because I have the perfect segue, <laughs> essentially, into what my heel is, and it's fucking WWE 2K20 Holy Christ, child. Hold on. Let me go back earlier today to these five videos that (laughs) Scotty sent me of the bad things in 2K20. So we've been, like, low-key putting this off until, like, the release date at Scotty's request. I want everybody at home to know we've been memeing this shit for, like, at least half a month. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. just sending stuff, be like, oh, the game's coming along really well. Horrifying picture of, like, mm-hmm. of, uh, of freaking Peyton Royce or something. And we're just like, oh, oh, dear Jesus. The creepiest one to me is still that the Molly Holly looks like my wife. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, fuck, babe, I don't know what they did. But now I don't have to make a creator wrestler of my wife. I just tag team with Molly Holly now. Scotty sent me this one earlier today, and I just sent it to the Five Boys chat, and it's just Ric Flair. Oh, yeah, yeah, the Ric Flair image, it's it's terrible, it's horrifying. So, okay, I already sent it out in a tweet, and you can find it at Scotty Moe if you want to see all the things that went wrong. But essentially, first problem, what's the one thing that I need <laughs> to create the wrestlers? The faces and the t-shirt <laughs> designs. Yeah, no, 2K said, fuck that. We're not going to let you upload any of that today. And I'm sure it's just a glitch at this point in the game. But that was a bit of a weird bug at the beginning to not have access to an entire aspect of the game. Uh, so that was one thing. So then I had to make a Blake from scratch and... Let me tell you something. The Blake I thought looked good until I looked at real Blake right now on this webcam. And it's it's not him. Now, Is this- you got, now, I will say, you got the jawline and the eyes pretty close. But that nose is just, and the, uh, like, chin Cheekbones. structure, or not the chin, the cheeks. It's just, it looks like it's impossible to do. <laughs> so, is this, is this, like, kind of, like... Gazi fucking up 
trying to like create a wrestler me levels of inaccurate or like it's not super inaccurate. Let me put it this way. I have an inherent ability, and I think it's why we're best friends. In any artistic medium, I can create at least a a, a, a similar enough simulacrum of Blake Tanner's face where if I ask people, they'll be like, oh yeah, that's Blake. So mm-hmm. it's still fairly Blake enough, but if you knew what his creator wrestler normally looks like, you know it's fucked. So, been going on for six years yeah. so uh so what you're saying is uh is jwf's gonna be in 2k19 for another year i'm fairly sure <laughs> unless they patch some shit probably because i got <laughs> unless they patch in a new game <laughs> probably <laughs> there are some aspects of the fucking game that we actually need to do our stupid fun wrestling shit that they don't have like literally is gone so i made blake and then decided to test my metal and so i put blake against the only logical opponent otis <laughs> so blake and otis come out to the ring and they updated the control system but not really all they did was remap rever- or, uh, reverse from R2 to triangle, and you don't think that'd fuck with you? It fucks with the entire game in a horrifying way, because now I have to focus on, like, remapping my entire brain to how that works, and now instead of pressing one button for a finisher, I still do not know how to do a finisher. I know it's two buttons, but the game is yet to teach me which two buttons. So that happened, and then I decided to go a little bit crazy. Because I heard somebody say, well, at least the game runs well. I did an eight-man match, and the game run perfectly fine. So I said, I'm going to put that to the test. It did not run perfectly fine. (laughs) It was, I believe, five frames a minute. It was so rough. And I did a lot Everything looked like it was made of sandpaper. Yep. Yeah, and so I did, and this is where all of the videos from that tweet come from. I sat there for a solid 45 minutes as all of these fucks just couldn't figure out how to get in the ring, couldn't figure out how to target the right person. I would run trying to go for a drop kick and then just fall out of the ring. <laughs> like, it's horrible. <laughs> I, I'll put in a clip for the YouTube viewers. But at one point, Matt Riddle, who looks terrifying, he looks like a lizard person, (laughs) jumps up and is trying to knock someone off of the ladder, and his body just melts (laughs) into a pool of liquid, shifts around the ladder, and gets stuck on one of the rungs and starts convulsing like a fucking Terminator trying to come back to life. And in a normal 2K game, that would be a really fun moment, because it would happen like... Once in every, like, ten matches. This this was, what, your second match? This was my second match, and it that shit happened at least five times in a row. <laughs> there was a glitch where Heath Slater rubber-banded from across the ring into the turnbuckle, so I was like, oh, that's funny, I'll take a video, send it to Blake. Then I re-unpaused the game, and it just happened again. Like, two minutes later, the same glitches started happening again and again and again. Fun. Yeah, and I thought my shit was bad, but my personal favorite 
uh, of everybody on Twitter who's been tweeting out hashtag fix WWE 2K20, so much so that it was trending. My favorite one is at one point it was... It's Charlotte versus somebody, and it's in the women's showcase mode. The ref is in the wrong place, and mm-hmm. he's just staring, like, doing the ref, like, do you tap out thing. But oh, yeah. His, his body <laughs> is posed as such that when Charlotte arches up for the figure eight, his dick is at face height, and for some reason, he just starts thrusting at Charlotte's face. <laughs> Is that not the natural reaction in that pose? (laughs) So yeah, fuck that dumb game. Alright, well I hope you feel sad for wasting the money. Like, not Uh, since 2K15 when they took out Create a Story have I felt so slighted by 2K for what they've done to us. It could be worse. You could have been one of those people that paid for the SmackDown 20th edition and got an unsigned photo of of Edge. (laughs) Which he... Which he took like a champ and is like, hey, y'all, I'm going to sign all of those. I don't have to, but I will, because that's a shitty thing for people to do. Just send a a prepaid stamped envelope to Edge, Middle of the Woods, Canada. That's where I live. So, Blakey T, what's your heel of the week? (laughs) Finally. My heel, in, in general, it's just shitty chance. But I want to talk specifically about the what chance. I'm going to bring the what chance up every chance I get from now until oblivion. Um, but I hate them. Because you can't pause at a WWE show anymore because people will do the what chant at you. Period. I, I feel like there's, there is a pace to it though. If you can pause once, but if you keep the pause going, you are encouraging it a little bit. I will just say that. Listen, Rusev had the perfect counter, which is they said what, and he's like, "Guys, he's a WW. He's a he's a Hall of Famer. Come on, <laughs> <laughs> like like he was like he was scolding. Yeah, he sounded disappointed. Like, and he has the mustache now, so he sounded like a disappointed dad. It's like, guys, he's a this man is a war veteran. Like, show some <laughs> respect. Like, yeah. it was that tone." Yeah, it's just like, and and I don't like want to say that I dislike chance in general, but there's some that's just like, you know, this isn't when you're supposed to chant. Yeah, right. It's uh, this is the middle of a promo that you that you're supposed to be listening. Albeit most of the time they deserve it because there's bad promos. Yeah, but they can't get off the ground. So I don't know where they're going if you're interrupting the fucking what chant. Back in the early two thousands. The what chants were fine because the people would play into them and then you would get shit like Stone Cold being like, well, I went down to the what, 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 Whataburger, got a Whataburger with cheese, what, Whataburger with double cheese, what, fries, what, and they would play with it and like Jericho and Angle and all of them would jump back on it and create something fun out of it. But it's not fun anymore. It's just annoying. And they don't teach people how to deal with chants like that anymore because everything has to be down to the letter. Yeah, well, that, and most of the time, I'm fine with it. I'm like, okay, there's some assholes chanting what? But for some reason, it gets my gander when it's a wrestler who has a thick accent, like a Japan, or like is speaking Japanese or something. And then you just have all the racists at once chanting together. Yep. Either that or USA chance. Yeah. Those can go fuck off, mm-hmm. too. Do, do you know where you don't hear 
hear those chants? Wednesday night at 8 o'clock <laughs> on TNT. Hey, dumb. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, D, who was your heel of the week? Uh, it was, uh, it was, it was WWE logistics. I think logistics. So there were a lot of matches on Monday, some of which were, uh, really good. Apparently the Angel Garza Seth Rollins match was really good. Apparently, uh, mm-hmm. Drew versus, uh, Ricochet was potentially TV match of the year. Uh, I only saw bits and pieces of it and it looked, looked like they had good chemistry. I'm glad Drew got to look, uh, look strong. Uh, Future Shock DDT's back. Because oh, Ambrose good. isn't around, so double underhook DDT is his for the taking. Um, but if you paid attention, the one thing you'd notice was there were no women on the show. Total fucking sausage fest, with the exception of Selena. Of Selena. Uh, that was because all of the women wrestlers were in fucking Australia. But why and, though? And that was because they thought that was the best way. They had half the half the roster in Australia. They had Becky and Charlotte in California doing doing stuff there, and they decided that even though they still had three wrestlers left, they still had Natalia, uh, Liv Morgan, and Sarah Logan, that they would rather just not have a women's match. And, Liv and, Morgan, by the way, has not wrestled since the Riot Squad got broken up. Yeah, she had, she just left one day and never came back. I hate... I really hope that she does not get, like, an Emma treatment, because that would really make me sad. Yeah, because I'm really intrigued to see what happens when she comes back. The only thing I can think of is they have nothing for her until Ruby comes back, which is bad because Ruby Riot got one shoulder surgery, it healed, and then she got another shoulder surgery <laughs> on the other one. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I will oh, say, geez. Dylan, you know the other thing you didn't see all during Raw this week? Uh, AEW merch, because apparently everyone coming in an AEW merch was asked to cover up. I mean, at that point, couldn't you at least be like Matt Taven and be like, I'll give you a free Kingdom shirt if you burn your Cody Rhodes shirt? Mm-hmm. Which is straight, which didn't they say not just a few weeks ago that they didn't care? Yeah, they they didn't care, but now we care because it's on TV. You... They they didn't care. They're also liars. I also <laughs> like how everybody. I also like everybody was like that would never happen. And now that there's like multiple reports, they're like, yeah, that happens. So what? And it's like, okay, guys, good job. <laughs> like, yeah, we're gonna just make. We're just gonna normalize this abusive behavior. Yeah, I, I love that that happened. Then you had Seth when somebody asked him about facing Kenny Omega to determine who the best wrestler in the world really is. He just goes, well, when Kenny's done playing in the big leagues, if he wants to come up to the WWE and face me, he can. Which, of course, got a ooh from the crowd around him. Meanwhile, the entire rest of the internet said, hey, actually, fuck you, though. Hey, fuck you. Fuck you, though. So while fuck you for fuck you for trying to big league another company. Hey, yeah. hey, fuck you for being a shitty person. So I like while all that's happening, Randall Keith Orton is in a hotel somewhere outside the elite section and just takes a photo yep. next to it and goes TikTok. Randy Orton has become there are a lot and not a lot, but there are some like WWE guys that are just like they're so secure they're either so secure or they just don't give sh- a shit. Yeah. I think Randy falls into the second one, uh, but he's both that he just like fucks with everybody now. Randy's one of those guys that I want 
to, without getting his dick that out. That I want to be like more of him, his actual self on TV, and not a spooky snake man. Just because I feel like <laughs> Randy, just unleashed on his own, would be fucking amazing. Just a dude who gives no fucks on TV every single week. Yeah, it would pr- probably also like make him wrestle really good. Like he's he is able to like again. he cares. Yeah. So let's let's just play let's just play devil's advocate. What on the uh, off off chance, um, Cody has talked to Randy because they they know each other from you know back in uh, in Legacy and all that, and Randy actually jumps ship for some reason. And then all of a sudden you see Randy Orton in, like, pants. (laughs) (laughs) Showing up pants and, like, tights and elbow pads. That's how he's going to throw everybody off. Completely new look. And then he hits the freaking, like, whatever he decides to rename the RKO. Like, that would just be... What if he's just tired of WWE? It's not even wrestling. He's just, like, bored. And he had nowhere to go before this. So, like, now there's an option. He's just like, maybe. (laughs) Maybe. I would die if I saw Randy Orton in, like, a death match in AEW against Moxley, because that would be something that I'd love to see. I would just love to see Randy Orton against, like, Joey Janela, or, like, Darby (laughs) Allin, or Jimmy Havoc, just to watch that match, just to watch him, like, work. Because it's like, it's like Dustin Rhodes. Like, all the talent in the world just... Dave, given no room to gallop, like, freaking thoroughbred, nothing, nothing. He's a fucking horse. He's a fucking horse. Uh, so much of those that roster, just fucking horses. Uh, I never knew how badly I needed to see Darby Allen getting whipped around a ring by Randy Orton until you fucking said it. But damn, that would be a great match. Do you want to see a coffin drop uh, reversed into like an RKO neckbreaker? Because I do. <laughs> yeah. I-, I love how our trifecta of go-to guys for like, you just want to see them fight people is... Darby Allen, Joey Janela, or Jimmy the Havoc. The Cracker Barrel Brawl Boys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yep. exactly. They proved in that match. Also, Jimmy Havoc hasn't been on TV since Dynamite started. I'm really wondering who he pissed off. No, Jimmy was on uh, on it a couple weeks ago, because remember he faced Darby for the number one contendership. Oh, that's right, that's right, that's right. I forgot it's a shorter show. They have more people to uh, rotate through. Also, uh, Best Friends versus uh, Young Bucks tomorrow, so. Alexa, stop! Oh, man. You told her 20 <laughs> minutes, asshole. I thought we'd be done by now. We still got baby faces. Yeah. yeah. I can, I could start with mine because no, it, no, no, we hold already, on. Uh, let, let me, let me start mine and then like in being the elite, I'll just be in the background and then you, you go and then you come back to me. Naka. 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 <laughs> Close his door. Naka. <laughs> that loud motherfucker you oh, could hear God. it clearly yeah. like that wasn't, it's like there wasn't a door there cheap Mexican <laughs> doors that's what that was <laughs> it was a moment where I didn't get it at first I just saw Kenny walk up to the door and it just looked wet and I went who has like water who's a, you know, who's their aquatic superstar and then it clicked of who it was and I went <laughs> Oh, fuck, this is about to be amazing. Orly door. My favorite, my favorite thing about that, though, is that, like, Kenny 
is like, ah, oh, it's Michael Nakazawa. Like, he wasn't the reason Michael Nakazawa got brought into the company. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, everybody isn't fully aware that they're friends from, like, past episodes of being the elite and shit. Mm-hmm. Also, Michael Nakazawa's commitment to the baby oil gimmick is perhaps one of my favorite things about being the elite that I've ever seen. The bit where he takes food and he's like, I don't like any of these sauces. Baby oil. And then <laughs> even if it wasn't. <laughs> Yeah, even if it wasn't real baby oil, fantastic. He just decides, oh, there's this aerobics video on on TV. On TV, I need baby oil for that. Yeah, <laughs> rub that in. Oh, you just want a match? Yeah, you want like shampoo? No, baby oil. <laughs> <laughs> Better with baby oil. Better with baby oil. Mike Tyson loves him. <laughs> yeah, that was one of those moments that I was like. Oh, thank God they're still doing stuff with Nakazawa because I love him so much. Because I think I the want last him on Dynamite. I want him on Dynamite so bad because I, I believe he was on Dynamite because he was at the end of the Riho match where she won the title. He no, comes I want him out. to wrestle. I yeah. want people to experience. Yeah, that was what was so weird was seeing Michael Nakazawa in like a blazer and a turtleneck walking into the ring, just like getting ready to interview someone. <laughs> Like no no that's not your that's not your gig Michael. I need you to take off a pair of underwear underneath your underwear and then use it to smother a man's face. <laughs> so I've got two baby faces. My first one is of course SCU for determining that me and Blake won the tournament and Dylan did not. <laughs> I was so I was nervous for that match until um, Daniels got injured by the Lucha Bros and then I went oh fuck nope. They're winning. They're perfectly going over now. Oh, oh no, no, no. I was going to say Scorpio Sky's shoes were my baby face of the week because he just no, kept he getting one. them pulled off. And it, the one is pulled off by Chuck, who then bites his toe. And then later, Scorp just looks down and is like, where'd my other shoe go? Fuck it. Grabs the other shoe, just yeets it into the arena. Take it. Uh, heel of the week is their fucked finisher that they botched. Oh my god, that looked so bad. And my commentary tried. Commentary was like, it was in. He, he drop kicked him on the way down. I'm like, it, is, it wasn't supposed to be a drop kick, guys. I hope you know that. That still was a four star match. So like, you know, good on good on the the bub 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 best friends. Yeah. Do, have they updated the rankings yet? Because Blake, me and you have gotten literally everything right, and I. I think only, it's got to be only like 400, 300 of us left who are perfect in the in the thing. Match selection is going to determine everything. And if you, whether or not you have SCU or Lucha Bros going over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, my... Probably main, SCU. <laughs> well, my main baby face of the week is uh, Impact Wrestling. Because it's one of those companies that I'm like, it's Impact. I'm not gonna fucking pay attention to them. And then you would, you, it started with Callahan. You'd hear shit about Callahan doing amazing matches. And then Tessa came in. And then they started doing intergender shit between them. And I went, oh, this is happening like on actual TV, intergender matches and awesome brutality and a groin claw. It made me so excited. Um, he if followed that shit up with a pile driver, too. It's the weirdest back-to-back calls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, if it's so good that the man who was like, I love the indies, I will never sign with any company ever, Joey Ryan decided to sign with them, I'm like, okay, I'm going to give Impact That's because to everybody in Impact can still do the indies. Like, they're, they're, 
Yeah. They don't restrict. Like, they, they, they uh, abolished their thing where they were taking a cut of people's indie money. Oh, was that a thing? Yeah, they were taking a cut. They were like, oh, yeah, if we rent you out to somewhere, like, you have to pay us because you're under contract with us. And like, Yeah, there was a big stink about that a while ago. Yeah, and then, like, from what I can tell, that's not really a thing anymore. Like, like freaking the, you know, Ohio versus everyone is still doing, like, showing up. Callahan's still showing up places. I think the Christ brothers are, too. Yeah. Like, oh, I it, mean, like, I, I feel like a lot changed when they hired a good writing team. Oh, no, a lot changed when they hired freaking, uh, freaking, uh, Don Callis and, oh, fuck, what's his name? Jimmy Jacobs? That's who I'm thinking no, of. No, not, well, Jimmy was there too, but it was, uh, Scotty Lang. He used to be the manager for Team Canada. Oh, fuck. shit. <laughs> right? Sinister Minister? Was that it? No, no. It was... I think his name was Scotty. I can't remember. Oh, Scott. Is it Scott Demore? Yeah, Scott Demore. That's it. Yeah, yeah, that's him. Scott Demore. So that was... that. It was those three being there together that, like, really did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but, but actually, Impact is doing so well because of the Elite. Because the Elite got Jimmy Jacobs fired. Uh, Kenny yeah. is how Don Callis got over so, so well. And, uh... And the last time I cared about Scott and Scotty Moore was when he showed up in uh, in New Japan along with uh, with J E double F J A double R E double T. Yeah. Well, uh, so Impact is the Ultimo babyface for me this week. Blake, who's your babyface? Uh, we already did this uh, earlier in the show, but my babyface is A W Dark. Yeah. Because whoever had the idea that. Hey, you know these dark matches that we have a lot of fun doing and the crowd really enjoys? We've already got the production stuff set up. We can just record it. Yeah. And put it on YouTube and get additional views and publicity. Let's just do it for free and put it out there since, like, we're not losing anything from it. Yeah, exactly. And I also feel like it's them showing a little bit of love to YouTube. Because without, like, the YouTube platform being the Elite would have never happened, which then meant AEW would have never happened. Like, a lot wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for that show. So I think they're kind of giving the love back by still putting out great content on YouTube. And with them being part of such a big network um, like TNT, they're probably not getting demonetized or penalized with their monetization like a lot of smaller YouTubers are. So they're probably actually making a decent amount off of, you know, oh, that, eight or 900,000 views. Yeah, exactly. That reminds me, Scotty, tomorrow when AEW is happening, I need you to, like, live tweet me. Because I'm, like, 50% sure tomorrow's the episode where uh, where uh, Adam turns on the Elite. Oh, my God. I'm going to love that. I'm, I'm going to hate it, but I'm going to love it. I'm going to hate it because I feel like Adam's probably one of the best baby faces they have. But I'm going to love it because that would give him some some sort of fucking cowboy shit growth right but like it's it's cowboy shit growth it's that thing where like he doesn't feel like supported like he was like hey why why didn't you guys second me into the ring you do that for kenny and then kenny and the bucks were like yeah as long as we stick together the elite and then adam's there in the background like okay i guess fuck me then um because like cody's got brandy and mjf like adam page has literally no one supporting him at this he point ha- look he has hunter horse helmsley that's who he's got supporting him i'm pretty uh, sure he's gonna join up with Pac. 
and they're just going to be like the like the the bastards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will say there's one there is a babyface turn that I'm very interested to see because I don't feel like they will change anything and I would love to see what MJF MJF does as a babyface. You'll never see it. I yeah, well, I mean it would be like when SEU turned babyface because they were such violently over the top heels. That everyone was, instead of booing when they were like, this is the worst town I've ever been in, people are like, this is the worst town I've ever been in. Like They I, underestimated how much how much cities hate themselves. <laughs> and I feel like MJF gets that, se- MJF gets fucking pops. It's not a matter of, yes, he does get booed because AEW crowds are smart and know like, oh, he's the bad guy, we have to boo him. But like when he came out to save Cody a couple of weeks ago, the crowd went fucking nuts for him like he walked in and then it looked like he was gonna turn on cody and then just beat the shit out of the inner circle and just started screaming at the audience and everyone was like losing their mind by the way uh which do you think will happen first cody goes full heel or they they let mjf go babyface oh that's a tough (laughs) that's a tough one I would uh, I would love the idea of MJF, who's just the perfect heel, going babyface and doing it well, but... Uh... No, 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 no. He's still a heel. He's just getting cheered for it. So he's still well, doing... He's uh, he's still an asshole. People just love yeah, him. Yeah, he's no longer being an asshole towards people they like. He's now being assholes to, like, Pac and shit. And that's what's gonna happen. This summer, two men save the world from who you ask everything invading robo penises this show is not about those two men (laughs) this show's just a load of bs the show where blake tanner and scotty moore make up dumbass movies like that we're your personal think tank we're your two white guys, which fills the quota for a <laughs> podcast, I think. And we're just gonna be here to have a good time and talk about sauerkraut. That's right, except no substitutes, ladies and gentlemen, because this is that pure, uncut Yes. <laughs> good, good, uncut. So, boys, we've discussed AEW. I do love how how less and less of WWE we're talking about every single week now. Like, my goal this week was going to be like... Do you have any idea how hard I try for that every week? That's why I put like, (laughs) haha, you have to talk about New Japan. In In the famous words of the late... Adam Cole, suck my dick. (laughs) (laughs) I remember this uh, being like, I wonder if we can get through the whole episode without mentioning WWE. And then I went, oh, fuck, I got to talk about the game. Ah, shit, damn it. Well, no, we have to do heels and faces, and our heel is always WWE, because we haven't found anything in, like, the indies we like or AEW yet, where we're just like, oh, man, like, fuck that. Like, nothing. There's, There's nothing. Like, it's not a perfect product. But we, but the bar is so fucking low. Like we've been just like slapped in the face with like fucking fucking batons, like yeah. by WWE. That we're just like, oh, you're not abusing me. Oh, thank God. Like we're abuse victims at this point. My biggest criticisms for AEW or something, anything else going on, like pale in comparison to what's going on in WWE right now. Except for Ring of Honor, we've already covered yeah. that. <laughs> 
But now let's go to my favorite pro wrestling organization, a little place known as the JWF. So let's cut things over to Captain Tibbs and Silver Spoon for another episode of JWF Monday Night War. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to JWF Monday Night War. I am your host, Silver Spoon, joined by a man who looks like he is ready to go to war. It's Captain Tibbs. That's right, Silves. The battle lines have been drawn. The contests have been made, and we're ready to cross over. That's right, Tibbs, because in just a few short weeks, JWF will be crossing the line as we face off against our developmental territory, JXT, in a battle to see who comes on top, to see who's superior. A lot of companies out there, they try to push their developmental too far, and I think our developmental territory needs a little shoving back down, if you ask me. That's right, Sills. I want them to have bad ratings. <laughs> That's right, Tibbs. But let me tell you something. We've seen some amazing matches announced last week. It was announced that our champion, Momoa Curry, is going to be standing in the ring toe-to-toe with one of the biggest names in JXT, the man known as the Jebaduk. And, of course, another match announced the Dynasty, the team of Scotty Moore, Blake Tanner, and the Dylan Port put forth a challenge to just one mate, one JXT superstar by the name of Ghazi, and they told Ghazi to find himself a team, and Tibbs, I think they, he did it with flying colors. You know, Silva, when push came to shove, I think that little guy put something pretty good together. That's right, coming out to a system, two people who hate the dynasty almost as much as Ghazi does, the Hammer Man and your son, Chuck Tibbs, they came out. They absolutely decimated the dynasty in a way we haven't seen in a very long time, Captain. My boys! My boys! That's all right, Tibbs, but the dynasty are in the ring right now. Scotty Moore has a mic, and I'm sure he's got some words for Ghazi ahead of their match. So, looks like Ghazi has assembled himself quite the team for crossing the line, hasn't he? I mean, I gotta say bravo to the tiny boy. We gave him an ultimatum, and he came through with flying colors. I mean, just look at who Ghazi got on his side. He's got the Hammer Man, a real legend in the making, part of a great wrestling family, multiple-time champion, and, uh... Oh, that's right, he's the guy that we've beat into the mat more times than I can count, but... But you know what? That's fine. That's fine. Let's forget about the hammer, man. Let's ignore him. Let's talk about Chuck Tibbs. I mean, the son of Captain Tibbs, a veritable legend in the business. The kid was born to be a champion. He's held titles, fought against the greats, and he uh, he lost to us too, didn't he? You see, Gazi, that's the unfortunate problem you're running into when it comes to the dynasty. You can pick any damn person in this company from the Hammer Man all the way up to Momoa Curry, and I can guarantee that someone in the dynasty has decimated them, destroyed them, and embarrassed them. But I gotta applaud Ghazi for his bravery. I mean, I genuinely thought that he was gonna piss his pants and run out of that ring last week 
and forget about pro wrestling for the rest of his sad, miserable little life. But no, he managed to get in one good shot. One good shot to the jaw right there, but it takes more than just one good shot to topple the dynasty. More than one good shot to topple the champ. And I'm going to make Ghazi regret ever slipping those brass knuckles on his fingers. I'm going to make him regret not leaving the ring last week and getting out of my company for good. I'm going to make him regret ever trying to trifle with the fight bull. Well, Tim, strong words right there from Scotty Ward. It seems like uh, Gazi came to fight last week, but I believe Scotty's coming to fight as well. Mm-hmm. You see, Sills, this is where the dynasty is finding their fatal flaw. They've already think they won the match. And you know what? I think that this team of these three, incredible, some of my favorites in the business, and that tiny boy can come out and pull out a miracle. That's right, Tibbs. And speaking of miracles, I want to go back to last week. Our champion, Momoa Curry, was in the ring. He was getting ready to announce who he was going to be facing at the pay-per-view when he was interrupted by Houston Longhorn. And Tibbs, I'll be honest, I thought that was the match we were going to see. I mean, it just makes sense. The champion of JXT facing the champion of the JWF. But no, instead, a miracle was placed upon the world by Momoa Curry when he told Houston to leave the ring and he brought in the Jebeduk. A a man who, he's had his ups, he's had his downs, but one thing that I gotta say, the JXT runs through his blood, Tibbs. Yeah, Sills, I have to say that Jebeduk is an unknowable creature with strange and ethereal goals. Who knows if he wants to win or lose every time. He is a being that is barely even matter at this point, so you've gotta really consider that in all of his matches, and that's why he is someone to be feared. That's right, Tibbs, and I mean, I guess we've got some brave-ass interviewers because we've sent one backstage to talk to the Jebeduk ahead of his match against Momoa Kerr. Ladies and gentlemen, Don the Don McDonald's here with the man who many consider the face of JXD. He is the man, the unknowable eldritch nightmare, the myth, the legend, the Jebeduk. Now, Jeb, in just a few weeks, you're going to be facing off in a dream match against the JWF World Heavyweight Champion, Momoa Curry, but unfortunately, you've been on a bit of a losing streak lately. I mean, do you think that bodes well for your match at crossing the line? You're right. Jebba has been losing a lot lately. Many people call Jebba a failure when Jebba gets in the ring. A failure when Jebba can't get the job done. A failure. But the fact is, no matter how many times Jebba fails, he gets right back up and he tries again. And it's that attitude that led Jebba to becoming the first ever JXT champion. Becoming the JXT BS champion. No matter how many times Jebba gets knocked down or pinned or defeated, Defeated or bloodied or beaten, Jebba gets back up. And Jebba keeps going. And Jebba's gonna prove that at crossing the line because Jeb has the biggest match in his career ahead of him. 
Jebba is going to be main eventing a JXD pay-per-view against a legend of this business. A literal god. Which is why Jebba can't make any mistakes, any errors. I want to show the JWF universe exactly what Jebba is all about. And that's getting back up. No matter how many times you fail, no matter how many times you fail, I want to take Momoa Curry to his limits. And the only way I can think to do that is in a match that truly tests the mental state of the men inside. A match that tests you mentally, physically, emotionally. A match that truly will push Jebba and Momoa to the limit. And that's an Iron Man match. And by the end of it, Momoa Curry will look me in my eyes and he will show respect to the Jebba. Jebba. Chips? Are we about to have an Iron Man match in this pay-per-view? My God! I love it, so take him to the limit. Let's see what this Jebba can do. That's right, Tibbs. I mean, an interesting promo, promo style there from Jebba Duck. But he's got that interesting in-ring style as well. Let me tell you something. I don't know how Momoa Curry's going to be able to adjust to it. What do you think? Well, you know, Sills, Momoa Curry has seen and done more than most anybody in this business today. I think if anybody could adapt to the style that the Jebba Duck brings, it could be him, but... I don't know if he'll be able to adapt enough with just one match. I think that the Jebeduk may still be able to catch him by surprise. That's right, Tibbs. But of course, we may have a surprise in our main event as the JXT Tag Team Champions, Gods on Parade, Falcor and Zeus head down to our ring. And Tibbs, tell me about Gods on Parade. Listen here, Sills. Gods on Parade, two behemoths. Two entities that are beyond any mortal comprehension. You have Zeus Hellman, who is the remnants of what was once one of the greatest gods in the world, the last drop of his vestiges on Earth, who is ready and willing to beat down any other mortal man. And you have Falcor. Falcor the Stopper, that great purple dragon, that dragon who has decided to come and live among us people. And fight them. And fight them all. That's right, Tibbs. And let me tell you something. When they fight, they fight to win. They have not lost this year. They've been on an amazing winning streak. They, their tag team work is fantastic in tandem. But I don't know how they're going to fare against these men. The team of Griffin Clouds, Justin Clouds, and of course joining them, someone who I know you're a big fan of, the Hammerman. It's the it's v- a Hammerman! That's right, Tibbs. It is the VWO coming down, and they have made a challenge for those JXT championships. And let me tell you something. I think if anybody were able to take those belts off God's on Parade, it'd be those two. The VWO, of course, a decorated tag team, one of the best in the business, a stable that is already enshrined itself within the annals of the JWF. Uh, but honestly, Sills, after the tear that God's on parade have been on JXT, uh, it's hard to even see them losing. That's right, but we see it. Justin Griffin heading in the ring, getting ready, and oh my god! 
Tim's as they left the Hammerman behind. The Dynasty, I, I don't know where the hell they came from, coming from out of nowhere, just assaulting the Hammerman with a steel chair. Each of them taking turns beating down the Masked Man. What the hell are they thinking? I can't believe... Get away from him, you bastard! That's right, and it looks like Griffin and Justin coming to help their brothers, but oh! Scotty and Dylan with tandem super kicks, sending Griffin and Justin to the ground below, but meanwhile, Blake Tanner, one of the biggest rivals the Hammerman's ever had, has got the Hammerman. He's... Oh my god, Tibbs, Blake Tanner, the malicious, the vicious, he's got the hammer man's head jammed in between the steel chair, and oh my god, he just hit a Blake out straight through the chair, he has just caved in the head of the hammer man, this is horrific, we gotta get somebody out of here. What kind of vile, reprehensible human being would you be to do that to someone who's so pure and good? This is because the Dynasty doesn't think that they can beat the Hammer Man. That's right, Tibbs. And the Dynasty just laughing as they walk up the ramp. And it looks like their job is done. The VWO, all three of them taken out at once by the Dynasty. And unfortunately, the Hammer Man unmoving. And I don't think we're going to have a match tonight. I think the VWO, all of that took it out of them. This is a grim sight in the JWF arena tonight, Tibbs. It's just utterly horrible to see, Sills. The people came here for entertainment. They came to watch that match. That's right. And now, unfortunately, we've got our medical staff coming out. And this is something you hate to see in our industry, Tibbs, as they load up the Hammerman on that stretcher, placing placing the neck brace around his neck, taking him to the back. And, and Tibbs, I just got to hope it's, it's not something more severe. Oh, my boy, my poor boy. That's right, and now God's on parade sitting in the middle of the ring, confused. I mean, they came here for a match, they came here to fight, well, and now they're just... Well, well, it appears as though you two boys got all dolled up and ready to dance, and now you don't even have a dancing partner, do you? You see, that's honestly the best scenario for me, because I got a proposition for you two. You see, these JWF folk, they simply don't understand the brotherhood and bond that us JXT superstars have, especially us champions. I mean, you the tag champion, me the world heavyweight champion, Houston Longhorn. So what I'm proposing is that we do what we should have done from the beginning, and that's lead a revolution. Viva la revolution, God's on parade, Houston Longhorn together at last, and invading the JWF. What do you say, boys? Uh, yeah, uh, no. <clears throat> you see, as enticing as an offer that sounds, Mr. Longhorn, we just simply, well, we, we, we just, well, how, how can I put this? This is a very nice way to put it. Uh, we don't like you. Okay? I, I mean, we won our titles at the beginning of this year, and no one has been able to beat us since. No one, not a single challenges. Many have tried many times. Nobody has beaten us. We are dominant champions. We are beyond human levels of athletes. I am a dragon, bitch! And you, you Houston Longhorn, you are just a coward. C coward? Well, uh, I, got, I gotta say, Falcor, I'm sorry you feel that way. 
Oh my god, Tibbs Houston assaulting both members of Gods on Parade, laying out Zeus with a big right hand, and now going to work on Falcorn Houston looks and sense. I mean, he is a champion, and you know he wouldn't like to be called Cal. Of course, but Sills, after all of this, the way that he's been acting, Houston Longhorn is a great A coward. Try and blindside the tag, the JXT tag team champions like that. That's right, but oh my god, Tibbs, looks like Looks like he's going out to the outside and he, he's grabbing that bent and mangled steel chair that the Dynasty used to decimate the Hammerman. It has crushed their jagged edges all over it. And it looks like he is going back in the ring and he is about to try to put a permanent end to Gods on Parade tips. Impossible. How could you even think about doing this after what we just saw? That's right. But, but wait a minute. Tim's there it is, the music of Sam Adams, a true Southern gentleman. Nothing like Houston Longhorn coming out to the ring. And you know that Sam, a true JWF superstar, he cannot be happy after what Houston's been saying about the JWF, Tim's. We've got a hero. Get him, Sam. That's right, and Sam grabbing that steel chair away from Houston Longhorn, who's backing away, terrified. But wait! Sam! Sam attacking Falcor with a steel chair! And then a no. chair shot to the back of Zeus' helmet! That bent and broken metal just raking at the back! Blood pouring from the back of Zeus's body! And Sam Adams has just turned his back on Gobs on Parade! Absolutely assaulting him with a steel chair and Tim's! Tim's, I gotta say, I think we are seeing a dangerous alliance in the ring right now between Sam Adams and Houston Longhorn. Can't believe Sam Adams, that damn rattlesnake. This is horrifying to see, Tim's. First, the Hammerman gets taken out. Then Gods on Parade are completely blindsided by this new deadly alliance of Houston and Sam Adams. I mean, Sam, Sam was one of the biggest superstars we had had. I don't know how the JWF universe is going to feel after this. That's just a sad day in JWF today, Sills. That's right, Tibbs, but in order to get more news about the Hammerman and his injury, in order to find out what happens next with this team of Houston Longhorn and Sam Adams, and in order to see what happens between Momoa Curry and how he responds to the Jebedook's offer of an Ironman match, you're going to have to tune in next time to JWF Monday Night War. So, boys, it's been one hell of an episode. What did you learn this week? Uh, I learned that Private Party weighs in at uh, 24 ounces of cranberry vodka. <laughs> hey! Yeah. I learned that um, you'll know he's coming when the walls start oozing with baby oh, oil. Damn it, you're, you fucking took mine, you piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I learned that oh. AEW has helped pro wrestling by slowly making us care less and less about WWE every single week. Michael Nakazawa is the baby oil fiend. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. New gimmick incoming. Firefly, yes. Firefly Oil House is going to be the next episode. <laughs> It'll be really easy to burn down. No. <laughs> baby oil bathhouse, baby. Uh, so where can people find you on the internet? Well, you can find me at Blake A. Tanner on the Twitter. You can find me at the Darkroom Vidya on YouTube. And you can find me doing all of the great podcasts here on the BS Network. And you can find uh, me... Oh, wait. Dylan? Yes? 
Oh, no. no. That's fine. You can find me at uh, at Chuck Taylor on Twitter. <laughs> at Sexy Chucky T. <laughs> yeah, find me at it. Sexy Chucky T. I tweet. I, I have a different profile picture, and I tweet a lot about the uh, the 76ers, but it's still me, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Scotty Mo S-C-O-T-T-Y-E-M-O. Buy all my books on Amazon, and check out the newest podcast, Me Again, on the BS Network. It's a self-help podcast about helping myself. You can find it and all the other shows online at a load of purebs.com special thanks to mega ran for our theme song fighters uh they're doing their final tour of the year yep special thanks to chuck taylor for his like on point twitter game yes yeah uh ran's on his last tour it's him i think um alfred banks like, is that ever? his name no, 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 just for the year. You want to go to fucking New Orleans, Blake? Let's go to New Orleans to see Mega Ran. Because if I had money, I would totally do it. I do not have money. Because the one stop they're making in Atlanta, Rand just said, we're not going to go to that one. So fuck you, Scotty. It's like, thanks, thanks, buddy. Means a lot. Oops. And as always, you can find us at alodapurebs.com. Step onto the merch table at merch.alodapurebs.com. Find us on Facebook, donate to the Patreon, subscribe on YouTube. And remember to follow us on Twitter at Fight Boys Show. Who the fuck did we tweet again? Sammy Guevara? Actually, don't fucking follow us, WWE Games. Because when you're a fight boy, you're a fight boy for life! <laughs> <laughs>